live from beyond the Beltway, this is Bruce Dumont with our weekly analysis of national politics, featuring occasional injections of rumor and innuendo, all offered up by our panel of political insiders, pundits, power brokers, public servants, professors, and most importantly, plain-speaking Americans from coast to coast. Tonight, featuring commentary by libertarian Republican, but really a conservative, Bruno Berend, Democrat Rush Darwish of the Arab American Business Association, and Republican conservative attorney Judith Sherwood. Our program tonight, coming to you by own base, studios of WYND AM 560 Radio in beautiful Elk Grove Village, Illinois. Phone lines open at 1-800-723-8289. That's 1-800-723-8289. Lots to talk about this evening. 1-800-723-8289. 8289. I've got one studio. I've got a I got a libertarian in the studio facing me eye to eye, and uh, I've got a Republican and a Democrat uh, joining us via Zoom this evening. And again, hopefully your phone calls will also add some uh, some uh, grist for our mill and some excitement to our conversation as well. As the music fades into the background and it goes away, and it actually goes away. You can't dance to this program only in the first 90 seconds. Um, I want to begin with you, Bruno Barron, because you're in studio, and then okay. I'm going to let our Republican and Democrat, uh, you know, tear you up or agree with you. Uh, Joe Manchin uh, from West Virginia uh, said in an interview, I believe it was yesterday, uh, in giving some advice to the progressives, uh, you've got to elect more liberals. I mean, they clearly don't have the votes to do everything they want. Uh, I guess the moderates don't have the votes to do everything they want. So they're stuck with a party that is sort of splintered at the moment. But uh, Joe Manchin is right, right? If if, if the progressives really want it, it's got to be more than the squad and a few others. They've got to go out and elect a lot more liberals. Well, I'm going to make a differentiation that you've, you've actually touched on one of my pet peeves that I try to persuade all of my conservative brethren on the you know right side of the divide. Mm-hmm. And that's that I think it's good for the conservatives uh, and Republicans to make a distinction between liberals who still respect free speech, who still respect uh, open debate, and who still respect... Uh, discussion with other people and and the, distinguish that between progressives who are basically poop-flinging howler monkeys who are making the world unlivable right now. And clearly the Democratic Party uh, is in, completely controlled by progressives. Uh, if there's any liberals left in it, it's probably a smattering of few people in the House and Joe Manchin and uh, uh, Ms. Cinema from Arizona. And from what I can see, there is nobody in the party that's liberal anymore. They, they're all anti-free speech. They're all anti-capitalism. They're all anti-American. They're making the worst decisions in the world, and there's not much to go on Let's there. go to our card-carrying Democrat on the show tonight, Rush Darwish. Those seem like fighting words to you as a, as a Democrat. I, I mean, I, I don't know about this. I'll be the first to say that, yes, progressives... Uh, tend to be really loyal to a lot of policy points. But the idea that they're monkeys or anything like that, it, to me, is, is ridiculous. And truth be told, it's borderline insulting. Look, I don't like to talk about it too much because I, I got it handed to me when I ran, I ran for Congress, and it was against the progressive Marie Newman. But uh, I don't agree with that analysis that everything they're saying is bad. Look, at the end of the day, if, if they're saying that everyone has a right to uh, medical help or Medicare for all, the question is, can it get passed or when you hear about green new deal we saw what happened in southern california 
who's to say that we can't have an environmental package that is that works for everyone we understand their policy might be to some degree some of it might be extreme but it basically says that it's for equal rights for everyone uh, i don't think that's bizarre matter of fact 40, 50 years ago, a lot of policies that get passed today, uh, don't ask, don't tell, or who knows how many other policies that we saw as so extreme. The idea of, you know, same couples getting married. You remember 40, 50 years ago? That was like a death sentence if you even mentioned it. And now Rush. many people who are, you know, same sex are married, and uh, we don't see it as crazy. Judith so, Sherwood, uh, I want to bring, I, I think I they bring are, our, uh, I, I do agree that to some degree, okay. some of them can be difficult. When I was on the campaign trail, right, stop, I, I do uh, Rush, see this Rush, sense of loyalty uh, that you don't agree Rush, with them. Stop, stop, stop say, for a second. You, you get Rush, cut out. But I will say one for, more thing. Let's fade, what about let's the fade, Republicans? Fade. What about the what about the far right? Are they any uh, better? The ones that attacked uh, uh, the Capitol on January 6th? Do, uh, I don't think so. Frankie, uh, uh, if I have said farewell or slow down to a guest just take their microphone away it's not that i'm trying to uh you know uh, censor what they have to say but again i want a discussion where everybody can talk and everybody can listen and now hopefully judith has listened and i'm sure her blood pressure has gone way up but i want to get your response first of all to what's happening in the democratic party forget the republicans at the moment i want you to offer your assessment are you are you uh, are you licking your chops and gleefully looking at all this battle between the Democrats going on in Congress? Well, yeah, to some degree I am. But, you know, I, politics is the art of the possible, right? And so so it, what you've always had in Congress before is, see, but the parties have always had extremes, okay? Not to the extent that they have them today and not to the extent where nobody wants to listen to anybody else. But quite frankly... I look at what's going on in the Democratic Party, and, and I look specifically at Nancy Pelosi, who I think you could make a pretty good argument is the person running the country right now. And I'm trying to figure out what she's doing, because if she wants to get any of this stuff passed, she's got to figure out a much better way to deal with what we'll charitably call the lunatic fringe of her party. All right. I mean, Bernie Sanders seems to think that the squad and a few other people are yeah. going to be able to bring about a progressive millennia. I mean, the United States is not looking for that. And, and it's, it's a question of trying to come. I understand that there are some things that need to get done. We need an infrastructure plan. We may need some tweaks to a couple of social programs mm -hmm. because we're still coming out of the pandemic, but to spend this amount of money. Okay. The rec a reconciliation bill uh, to the tune of three and a half trillion dollars. I mean, I can't even fathom what Judith, a trillion dollars let is. Me, let, me someone, now, let me now, someone, let me now interrupt if, you, Judith. Let me interrupt you, Judith, because I want to go back to Rush. Because one sure. thing I want you to be able to say is, is I, I, I did have to fade you out at the last time. So if I ask you to break, try to break. But I want you to finish the point you were making before I, I faded you out. And let me ask another question, which you can answer to first. When you ran for Congress, you ran for Congress against Bill, uh, against Dan Lipinski, who was one of the most conservative Democrats in the entire Congress. You ran against him, and then Marie Newman was involved in the race, and she turns out to be more liberal than you. Now, when you ran against uh, Dan Lipinski, 
Is it because you didn't like moderate or conservative Democrats? What prompted you to run? I mean, you ended up, the votes you got ended up uh, electing a liberal Democrat uh, for from that district. Why did you do it? Yeah, I mean, my biggest, at, at the point when I decided to run, I really believe that Rupp Lipinski was old school, not necessarily all by his ideology, okay. but the way he interacted with people. He wasn't out there. He did not uh, okay. go to schools. He did not uh, literally connect with his constituents. So he, he did not he just that. represented okay. something that was old. And Ooh. I felt like we needed somebody Rush. that, yes, you had Lipinski that really came across. Uh, go ahead. We have, we have to break. I'm sorry. I, I, I want to I come back. Okay. When you hear the music, it means we got to go. And we'll come back with each of you or all of you when we return. I'm Bruce Dumont. Don't go away. One forty-five over ninety-two. One eighty over one eleven. One hundred and eighty-two over a hundred, and I had a heart attack and a cardiac arrest, and then a stroke. Your blood pressure numbers could change your life. A lot of people don't understand, including myself. I didn't. Now I do. Uh, the impact of having a stroke. My memory is shot. When I woke up, I couldn't speak. Lowering your high blood pressure could save you from a heart attack or stroke. If you've stopped your treatment plan, restart it, or talk to your doctor about creating one that works better for you. Start taking the right steps at manageyourbp.org. It's a new life, but I'm going to make it better. I'm coming back. Ask your doctor. Check your blood pressure. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. It's a bully, but we aren't afraid of a fight. It's elusive, but our focus never fades. It's deadly, but we were born to defeat cancer. You may not have heard of us, but our work has helped millions impacted by cancer. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. We are leaders in advancing breakthroughs in immunotherapy, genomics, and personalized medicine. This research saves lives. After 65 years of fighting blood cancers, we've arrived at a game-changing belief. The cures for cancer are in our blood. The drugs and treatments we've developed for blood cancers have helped people affected by many different types of cancers. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Beating cancer is in our blood. Learn more at LLS.org. This is the story of a very special woman. In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician or an entrepreneur. Her knowledge was limitless and still is. She could also make monsters disappear, especially those that lurked in the shadows under the bed. Once, this woman put back together a teenage girl's broken heart, which had been shattered in a thousand pieces, just by giving her a bear hug. She masqueraded as a regular person at work, but as a superhero at home. Everyone knows her as Gabriella. I still call her mom. Your hero needs you now, and AARP is here to help. Find the care guides you need to help, complete with tips and resources, at aarp.org caregiving.
a public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Bruce Dumont back for segment two of Beyond the Beltway, wherever you're listening tonight. Nice to know if the phone lines are working at your house. So give us a call at 1-800-723-8289. I'd be very interested if you are a Democrat, and we do have Democrats that listen and watch this program. I'd be very interested in knowing where where you are coming down on this uh, ongoing battle within the party between the progressives and uh, the not-so-progressives, I guess. And, uh, you know, whether or not you are, uh, are you happy that there is a Joe Manchin and and Kristen Sinema in the the Democratic Party, or would you uh, wish that they would switch parties and just uh, get on with the, the battles within the party. I'd like to get your, your sense on that. Uh, let, me, let me ask you uh, just that, that question, uh, Rush. Uh, are you pleased that, uh, uh, I would say, the moderates uh, like Joe Manchin and uh, Kristen Cinema? are you pleased that they have as much power in the party at the moment, or would you like to see it as Joe Manchin suggested, that you'd like to see some more liberals get elected so they've got the votes to do what they want to do. Yeah, I think we have to face reality. Um, Joe Biden was elected for a reason. Uh, when, when Bernie Sanders ran, he looked like he was a runaway favorite. And then we realized very quickly that uh, our nation and our country is deeply divided. We just don't have enough constituents that want an alt-left agenda or even an alt-right agenda. So, yes, we need our party to bring more common sense uh, to the agenda with, with policy on, on all different fronts. So the idea right now is that, you know, I, I think it's, it's this image that the progressives are taking over. Uh, I don't see it that way. They are offering ideas. And I know that the media, they love to pounce on AOC. But no, the right way to do this is always think about common sense and what works for everyone. Uh, unfortunately, though, I will tell you, Bruce, that that's that's not sexy anymore, that word common sense. Mm-hmm. I think the Republicans and the Democrats, if they can just think that way, what works for everyone, uh, we'd get much better results. Bruno and then to Judith. Bruno? Uh, it's, it's all fine to hear that. And, and I, you know, the last thing that Rush just said, I, I can agree with the sentiment. I have said many times uh, to anybody who would listen that uh, our country operated better when we had a Sam Nunn in the Senate on the Democratic side and a Chuck Percy in the Senate on the Republican side. And we all got along a little better and we would have uh, we would have debates and actually talk about things. My problem with the progressives is, is I, I don't think there's a balance in the Democratic Party at all. My problem problem with progressives as opposed to liberals, as, as, as I'll call them, is a liberal still believes in free speech. What we're seeing in the in the progressive movement and the Democratic Party right now is that any disagreement, any disagreement with their narrative or any of their bills makes you a racist. It makes you a Nazi. They shout people down. They uh, they're they're do you, change- wait, wait, do you think that's happened to Joe Manchin and, 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 and Senator Sinema? If it has, I haven't I, I think heard it, much. Well, if any if anything, if anything, they're afraid of saying that because that they like right now, though, they are the two most powerful people. Because let's face it, the 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 Democrats in the House are going to eventually fall in line with whatever uh, Nancy Pelosi puts up there. And maybe that's the way it should be. But the fact is, we've got a 50 50 Senate and you've got two people who are essentially standing alone on the ramparts blocking the what what it, what Joe Biden is putting forth which is the Biden administration I mean they're they're putting 
they're putting radical uh, tree spikers in, in the Bureau of Land Management. They're putting avowed communists as regulators of banks. This isn't, this isn't a moderate Who is debate. That? Who is the avowed? Oh, the, uh, um, uh, um, I, I can't come up with their name right away. It's Omnimara. The lady who was just, uh, the lady who was just uh, put forward to be the... Uh, the chairman of, of one of the uh, bank regulatory agencies. She went to Moscow okay. State University. She wants to change the the whole banking system in the United States. And she's I mean, we would have been better a, off with Elizabeth and she's Warren at this rate. I mean, it's, it's some of the, Judith, some of the appointments have just been is bizarre. A, is she a communist? Do you believe in... It certainly sounds like she... I don't know whether she is a communist. She was raised in a communist environment. Her ideas certainly okay. smack of communist ideology based on what I have read about what she said. And I was reading it earlier today. And, and hopefully in the break, I'll be able to remember what her name is. But she is she is definitely out of even a left wing. I'm, I'm serious when I say okay. we would have been better off with Elizabeth Warren. Do you do you believe do you believe now I'm, I'm talking about. The um, uh, the conversations that are going on within the Democratic Party. Do you think that Joe Manchin and Kristen Cinema have been treated so poorly by the progressives, um, or not, or are they or are they are they being treated with kid gloves? Uh, yeah, I, I don't think they're being treated with respect. If 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 that's what you were starting to say, oh. but. I don't think they've treated them so badly. I don't know okay. what's going on behind the scenes. I think that that uh, whatever Joe Biden has left in the tank, he's trying to apply honey to this problem and see what he can do to get Joe Manchin to come over or to get Kristen Sinema to come over. I mean, so Joe Manchin has already gotten his wife a job in the administration. I don't know what's left. But, but you know, I mean, Biden said, well, I'll deal with uh, Joe Manchin. Well, apparently he won't deal with Joe Manchin. But it's really well, a sense that the affairs of the Republic depends on Joe Manchin. All right. Okay? As a Republican. And, and Judith, I don't as a know that much about Ms. from Arizona. Judith, Judith, Judith. And this yes. is to everybody. you got to take a breath once in a while so I can get in to ask a follow-up question. Unless you're not wearing a headset and you're not hearing me inter uh, interrupt. And again, I'm interrupting to try to clarify what you said. Now, here's a question to you. Okay. Okay. Because you're Sorry. Up, because you're upset with what's happening in the Democratic Party, or maybe you're not. You, you, you like the battle that's going on. The fact remains that the reason that we are in the current situation in the United States Senate now is that Donald Trump did not do a good job in rallying voters in Georgia to reelect two Republican U.S. senators, and they were both replaced by Democrats. Now, would you acknowledge that that Donald Trump has a lot to do with the mess that we're in right now because the Republicans lost two seats, and if they had those two seats, we wouldn't be. No one, no one would still not. They would. No one, no one would know who Joe Manchin is. Reaction, Judith. Well, um, yeah, okay. So okay. I don't think that the loss in Georgia was entirely on Donald Trump. I think there were a number of factors that came into play. Um, 
not the least of which was was Mitch McConnell insisting on only wanting to give people $600 when the Democrats were running around talking about 2000 and and so there were a lot of factors in Georgia and and there's no question that that was a terrible moment there were a lot of people who were so angry about the presidential election that they just decided not to vote in the senatorial election which is absolutely stupid but that's what they did people people do these kinds of crazy things but i would tell you that stupid, a lot of what's stupid going people on of, with stupid the people Democrats affect uh, is, policy is because of donald trump uh, bro, uh, i agree by the way judith just gave so far the point of the show uh donald trump is the demise of the republican party and i do find it interesting my guy bruno is taking these shots literally taking shots at the progressives and completely forgetting about what I call the Trump Republicans, who are equally as, how do I put this, insane with their beliefs. I mean, it's, it's the Trump Republican that's out there pushing this false narrative that taking the vaccine to save so many lives from, that's you know, contracting COVID-19. Absolutely not true. That's not true. From COVID-19, it's it's Donald Trump, Judith, that started that narrative. No, you, you know, he, he is the one. Donald he is the Trump, one. No, that's you just, have a vaccine because of Donald Trump. No, absolutely not, Judith. That vaccine, it would have been oh, out please. faster. It would have been more organized. Thank goodness. I can't imagine right now if Donald faster. Trump was the president having to handle months. vaccines folks, right now. Interrupt. I can't let imagine. Me, let me, in, let me uh, folks. Uh, what planet are you living on? Let me. I'm in the United States. Let and me. Let me ask Frankie. Just dial them down so I can jump in because it's still my show. But but uh, you just said something, Rush, that seems unbelievable to me. Uh, you are a, yeah. a Democrat. And you would just have not only not given Donald Trump any uh, kudos for uh, coming up with the vaccine, you've suggested that it would have been faster had he not been there. I can't think of anyone, including some pretty uh, rabid Democrats that I know, they will acknowledge, grudgingly, they will acknowledge that Donald Trump pressed the levers, did everything he possibly could to get the vaccine, and it is remarkable. It's a scientific remarkable feat that he was able to get the vaccine in the speed that he got. And again, he was rewarded right. by being booted out of office, however, and the implementation of that vaccine was totally on the, the desk of Joe Biden, and he has not done a very good job in dealing with the vaccine and the distribution of the vaccine, which is totally in a Republican Democratic way, is totally the responsibility uh, and the credit goes to uh, Donald Trump. Now, would you acknowledge any of that or are you gonna stick, are you gonna I, stick I absolutely, in your Bruce, cannot give that level of credit to Donald Trump. This oh is a guy in the, in the midst of trying to figure out the vaccine, was telling people to in, inject UV rays, uh, oh, take, take oh, how about some Clorox? I mean, he was on. saying the most insane, discrediting yeah, yeah, no. the doctors that were Please. behind him, no. Dr. Fauci. No. I mean, this no. is a guy that was creating so many false narratives and confusion, and that's the reason why no. he did no. not win. People Bruce, started to think Bruce, okay. can I get a was word crazy. Right. Okay. They thought Bruce, he Rush, was crazy. Rush. Bruce, can I get a word well, in edgewise? Yes, right. yes. I mean, this is a you, you, just, crazy. you can get a word in edgewise. Everybody can get a word in edgewise. Even Bruno is right across from me wants a word in edgewise. I want a word in edgewise. We'll Good. do that when we come back. Good. We, when you hear the music, 
What does the music mean? It means we're going away for a couple of minutes. Don't go away if you're listening, however. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably? <laughs> it's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, <laughs> tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. One in three adults has pre-diabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has pre-diabetes, with early diagnosis, pre-diabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has pre-diabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. 145 over 92. 180 over 111. 182 over 100. And I had a heart attack and a cardiac arrest. And then a stroke. Your blood pressure numbers could change your life. A lot of people don't understand, including myself, I didn't, now I do, uh, the impact of having a stroke. My memory is shot. When I woke up, I couldn't speak. Lowering your high blood pressure could save you from a heart attack or stroke. If you've stopped your treatment plan, restart it, or talk to your doctor about creating one that works better for you. Start taking the right steps at manageyourbp.org. It's a new life, but I'm going to make it better. I'm coming back. Ask your doctor. Check your blood pressure. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. Bruce Dumont is back, and uh, we continue with our program for Beyond the Beltway. And uh, we're going to take a moment now, and again, listen to the directions, everybody. We're going to take a moment, and I want you to give me a, a, a succinct 20-second description of who you are. I've, I've given the brief one, and we're going to start with our in-studio guest, Bruno Barron. Bruno? Uh, I'm a longtime Republican. I've done a little bit of political consulting. I've worked for the Heartland Institute, uh, which is a very libertarian. My, my area of greatest expertise is probably education reform, um, but uh, I'm conversant. Uh, I, I speak fluent libertarian. I speak fluent conservative, <laughs> and I... Uh, 
you know, Ram should know that out of all the guests on this show Rush, over the last Rush. four, Rush should know, yeah, Rush should know that the, out of all the guests on this show on the conservative side of the aisle, I have been the most vocal Trump skeptic uh, of all of them. So he's just off base on one of the last things he said and a couple okay. others, too. And also for longtime listeners who m- might have missed your last visit here, um, you had a very serious uh, accident like, involving your bike. Yeah, well, I was lucky. It was. It was. You're lucky. You're alive. Well, I'm lucky. I never. I didn't get a traumatic brain injury. But I was. Yeah. Uh, I, I, the, the the lucky thing was that I could have been hurt much worse. Instead, I just kind of recovered relatively quickly, and uh, and I was, I was never unconscious. Never had a concussion. Although they they said I might have, and uh, I'm I am fine now, and good, and still zipping. Good. Glad to hear it. Uh, Rush, I'm going to go to you and let you give us about 20 seconds about your background. Uh, we, we know that you ran for Congress for, uh, two years ago and were unsuccessful in a Democratic primary, but tell us more about yourself. Yeah, thank you. Rush Darwish, president of the Arab American Business and Professional Association, also a humanitarian uh, chairman for a group called the Refugee Life Foundation. We run and, Bruno, we actually bike as well uh, to raise money for various charitable causes and uh, very proud of that. Matter of fact, today, guys, we just formed the Community Retail Association, which is uh, a retail association to stand up for a lot of owners who've been dealing with a lot of issues uh, on city-wide uh, situations, and we're going to start advocating for them. So we're very proud of that work. Okay. And Judith Sherwin, give us about 20 seconds on who you are, and then we're going to let you finish a point you wanted to make. Thank you. Um, I'm Judy Sherwin. Uh, Thanks for having me on again, Bruce. I am a practicing lawyer in Chicago. Uh, I also teach at Loyola Law School, where I teach uh, courses in business ethics and various topics for the thesis students. And I occasionally teach First Amendment uh, freedom of religion class seminar in the spring. And um, I I guess I'm a sort of reborn. I I don't know if I'm a reborn. But uh, I have not always been a Republican. No. Uh, I've always felt that the Democratic Party sort of left <clears> me <throat> instead of me you leaving were an, them. You were, so you were an anti. You were an anti-war Democrat. You were a. You were a Eugene McCarthy, uh, uh, George McGovern uh, liberal back in the '60s. And you've reformed. Well, George McGovern, never, yeah, not George. More, more Eugene McCarthy. Okay. Um, but yep, I. Uh, Okay. I did vote for George McCarthy. I'm not one of the few people in the country who will actually admit they did. <laughs> I did. I will admit that I did. You know, I, and I think I've admitted this before. You may drive off the road when you hear this. But, you know, when he kept saying in the uh, 1972 president election that he thought that, that Richard Nixon was going to go down as one of the most corrupt presidents uh, in U.S. history, uh, I believed him. I didn't believe much in his policies i'll tell you that but i believed in him as a man i thought he was a more honorable decent human being as a as a person than richard nixon and and i I so i i admitted that a lot of conservatives find that hard to believe but i did anyway enough history now let's go to you because you wanted to follow up on a contemporary issue and you felt that you had been you had been usurped by the moderator before the last break and you were go ahead i mean just quickly, yes, I was. Um, when I said that a lot of what's going on in the country today has to do with Donald Trump, what I meant was uh, Biden's only policy seems to be 
to take a look at whatever Donald Trump did and try to do the exact opposite. That seems to be what drives his agenda and what seems to be driving the Democratic Party. It certainly seems to be driving Nancy Pelosi. It's the only thing I can think of that would let her just, I mean, she's a pretty good legislator and she has just gone off the deep end here. And and I, I find it remarkable to watch. And the other point I wanted to make is I'm not particularly happy to see the chaos in the Democratic Party or even to see the chaos of the Republican Party to the extent that there is such chaos. We need a full functioning Democrat and Republican Party. We need both of them. Otherwise, this country is going to go off the deep end. And I don't want to see that. And, and I think it's very important that we all do whatever we can to try to pull back from this precipice. That's Bruno, Bruno's got a comment. Uh, well, and let me just follow up with that, because I, I, I think uh, there might be an inkling of the three of us agreeing a little bit, uh, even if we're going to come from different perspectives. Uh, the fact of the matter is, and I've said this, the, as I, I've been pretty much Trump skeptic since he rode down the escalator and started blathering the things that he was saying, and I never thought he would win, and I was shocked that he did. The fact of the matter is that Donald Trump doesn't happen in a vacuum, and Donald Trump was a reaction to what I think Ameri the American people appropriately saw was a, 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 an establishment that was literally off the rails, and, that, and possibly off the rails on the, on the right as much as it was off on the left, where you had the Jeb Bush wing of the party and the Mitt Romney part of the party, and they all seemed like they were such rational, nice, decent guys. But at the end of the day, they got almost nothing done. And, and, and quite frankly, if, uh, if Donald Trump hadn't been the nominee, it would have been Jeb Bush who was the racist Nazi because we've, we even heard, what was it, Joe Biden, the despicable human being that he is, actually said when, when Romney was running that uh, telling black people in Texas they want to put you all back in chains. Uh, such a disgusting thing. You know, it, it, I don't know who started it, and quite frankly, I don't care. Um, I'm embarrassed about some of the things that uh, you hear from the uh, the far right, and I'm embarrassed. I was embarrassed on January 6th because those people were just dupes uh, who were rampaging around, and they should have understood what was going to happen from their antics, and so should have Donald Trump. But the fact of the matter is this doesn't happen in a vacuum. This happens because the establishment, and we've seen this with COVID, we've seen this with, with Fauci, we've seen this with the, 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 vac the, uh, the, the absolute nonsense of these never-ending lockdowns, that the establishment in this country, they don't deserve the respect that everybody's demanding we give them. They failed. Now, did Donald Trump fail? I think he made some massive mistakes. I think he had an opportunity to possibly be a better president. But the establishment in this country is an abject failure, and we see that establishment so, so steeped in what I call progressivism at this moment. Rush, do you agree uh, with Bruno that the establishment has really disgraced themselves at this moment in history? Well, here's the problem, guys, and, and with all due respect, Bruno, if we're going to say the establishment failed, the, the, the replacement of the establishment, at least on the Democratic side, are the progressives. That is their number one talking point, what they are trying to change, the establishment. People have been in Washington, in politics for far too long, controlling the agenda. So are they ruining politics or ruining this country? To some degree. Uh, I think everyone has a share to blame, but I do want to do this and go back to Donald Trump. Uh, let's not forget, he also tried to do undo everything that President Obama did in his eight years. So he's no better. And remember what Donald Trump said, guys, during the whole Charlottesville massacre? Both sides of the aisle are good people. 
I mean, come on. The, well, the reason why the he, reason why he, he wasn't elected, yeah. he's he a poor leader, he he's, a, he's a bigot, and also he, he spends more that. of his time tweeting insulting people instead of being the president of the United now, States. Now, Rush, and people got tired of it. It wasn't about policy, it was personal. Donald Trump Rush, was a professional and he had I, 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 excuse I, I, me, I like promise you me, he would be the president Rush, right now. Rush, the problem is with Donald Trump. I'd like to give you a news flash, Rush. Donald Trump is not president of the United States anymore. So let's talk about Joe Biden. Let's but Judith, we were talking about on. Donald Trump. I'm, I'm okay. going by what the moderator is laying out for everyone. But yes, let's move on. Frankie, let the moderator talk here uninterrupted now. Uh, and, and Rush, I'm going to go back to you again. You, you don't seem to have anything, at least that you've articulated tonight, you don't have anything new to present as a Democrat above and beyond the criticism of Donald Trump, which led to his defeat. I know some people don't believe it. We're going to get to it in the second hour. But Donald Trump, as Judith just said, he's not the president anymore. What is it that the Democrats stand for that's going to get them more elected officials in Congress, take control of Congress in a significant way, and, re, and, and be able to keep Joe Biden in the White House without mentioning Donald Trump's name once. What's an idea that's new and fresh as a Democrat? Give me one. Well, I mean, Bruce, that's a loaded question. That a loaded because question. Because if you come up with question. an idea, if you come up with an idea, let's let's say right now, I will go back to the progressives. If you go back with an idea after COVID-19 that we should have a system where everyone, no matter who you are or where you live, should have access to medical care and it should be affordable or it should be provided by the government. This is an idea that progressives or I know mm -hmm. crazy, wacky uh, Bernie Sanders, as Bruno might say, yeah. here is an idea, Bruce. So why, why is it, now you're saying, what's an idea? That's an idea. Uh, here's an infrastructure bill that why, Joe Biden just, is trying just, to pass. Just a second. What's wrong with, you know, fixing the, our streets? What's, a, what's nothing, wrong with this nothing, idea? Nothing is I mean, wrong. With, what am I missing is, here, guys? Nothing, nothing Who's is wrong? keeping well, Joe Biden? One, one, one more wait, thing. Wait, 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 just one a minute, Rush, we can move a follow-up to you. Follow here's up. another idea. Uh, just to you say, no, Rush, a follow-up to you. Rush, 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 a follow-up to you. Please respond, and then we're going to move on. In fact, you know so, what? So I'm not, just a minute, Rush. I'm not even going to tell you what the question is, but I want you to give me the answer when we come back after this break. 1-800-723-8289. Trying to keep the Republicans or a Republican and a Democrat from each other tonight on Beyond the Beltway. Libertarian standing tall. Let's be honest, the National Symphony may not be in his future, but he wanted to try violin. So you said yes because you love him. And if you love him that much, love him enough to make sure he's buckled up and in the back seat. Find out more about keeping your kids safe in your vehicle at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. What if the music stopped? If the familiar voices were silenced? If there were no breaking news updates? What if your companion and connection to your community came with a monthly fee? 
Don't worry, we're free local radio with you wherever you go. Celebrating 100 years and looking forward to the next 100. We are broadcasters. Text radio to 52886 and let Congress know you depend on your local TV and radio stations. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. It's a bully, but we aren't afraid of a fight. It's elusive, but our focus never fades. It's deadly, but we were born to defeat cancer. You may not have heard of us, but our work has helped millions impacted by cancer. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. We are leaders in advancing breakthroughs in immunotherapy, genomics, and personalized medicine. This research saves lives. After 65 years of fighting blood cancers, we've arrived at a game-changing belief. The cures for cancer are in our blood. The drugs and treatments we've developed for blood cancers have helped people affected by many different types of cancers. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Beating cancer is in our blood. Learn more at LLS.org. This is the story of a very special woman. In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician or an entrepreneur. Her knowledge was limitless and still is. She could also make monsters disappear, especially those that lurked in the shadows under the bed. Once, this woman put back together a teenage girl's broken heart, which had been shattered in a thousand pieces just by giving her a bear hug. She masqueraded as a regular person at work, but as a superhero at home. Everyone knows her as Gabriella. I still call her mom. Your hero needs you now, and AARP is here to help. Find the care guides you need to help, complete with tips and resources at aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Bruce Dumont back, and uh, you were making a point, uh, Rush, so uh, I'll let you make your point, and then Judith is going to respond. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about the infrastructure bill here, Bruce, and I will tell you that uh, the idea that we're going to be hard on the progressives, this is unfortunately part of dysfunctional Washington, D.C. How many times have the Democrats had a bill that we all thought was a good bill, but then the Republicans or the extreme right Republicans come and block it? This happens all too often. I wish there was a solution, Bruce. I wish there was something new I can tell you. I wish I can come up with all the ideas. It's one of the reasons why I ran for office, so I could be part of the solution and not but the Rush, problem. Rush, is that me, we need people Rush, who think about everyday me, people. Rush, and unfortunately, not, Rush, that's not the mentality that everyone has. Let me, a lot of politicians, Rush, progressives or not, have their ask, own agenda. Rush, and it's hurting a lot of Rush, let me ask. Well, I'm not going to ask you the question anymore because I, I think you're not hearing we have a technical issue where people are not hearing each other and they're talking over everybody and i don't think that's a good radio judith uh, let me let me go back to you um because there are some people uh within the republican party that like to keep blaming donald trump for everything so as you look to the 2022 congressional elections 
And a lot of people are predicting that the Republicans are going to do well because they traditionally pick up, uh, you know, votes or, or seats. Um, what can you do to make sure that Republicans, at least the never-Trumpers, are not controlling the narrative leading up to the 2022 election? Because a lot of them, they don't want Donald Trump anywhere near power either. Yeah, I, you know, that's true. I mean, you get people like Liz Cheney and I suppose Mitt Romney and, and I don't know who else. They don't want him to to have any part of what's going to happen, except, I mean, that, that train has left the station. Um, the, the endorsement of Donald Trump is a very important endorsement within the Republican Party. And should the House go over again, It'll be very interesting. And by going over, I don't mean just picking up seven seats or something, because if the House can't pick up like a lot of seats, you're not going to have a Congress that's really a, a House of Representatives mm-hmm. that's particularly functional. And then there's the whole issue of what's going to happen in the Senate. I mean, I've been reading some recent stuff where people think that the, the Senate may go over this time now, too. I mean, a lot of this has to do with the popularity or lack of popularity of the Biden administration. And and we have a president who is No, but look, 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 let, me, more, let me let me let me let me I mean, let I me interject let me interject let me just interject a question. I agree with you sure. it's always good to try to make uh you know the other guy or or Biden the big boogeyman, the bad guy, okay? And in every campaign uh when the president of a different party is in office uh, that's happened. That's politics 101. My question to you is more about what about the people who are already turned off to Joe Biden? They know that Joe. They're not. They know they're not going to vote for Joe Biden, but they've got two people out there and they're running, and one is supportive of Donald Trump and vice versa, and the other one is more of a I want to say a middle of the road Republican or, or a less uh, invective Republican. So my question to you is, is that a good discussion? And, and isn't that isn't that the core fight within the Democratic Party, within the Republican Party? Which type of Republican do you right. want to be part of an expanded Republican majority in the House and Senate? Do, right. you, do, do you want more? Right. And, Who do and you want? So, um, but I, you know, if you take a look at the primaries so far, it seems that the people who vote in the primary, who are not necessarily indicative of people who vote in the general, but right. they are people who vote in the primaries, they seem to be interested in a more Trumpian vision of the Republican Party. Okay? You know, forget the tweets, forget all this other stuff. They're interested in, in you know, gas prices coming down. They're interested in, in the Keystone Pipeline coming back. They're interested in the Russians not having a pipeline. They're interested in not being a laughing stock on the stage and foreign policy. They're interested in that kind of stuff. And they're interested in somebody who is is interested in those things. People think that that people who supported Donald Trump supported him because because um, they don't understand they supported Donald Trump because Donald Trump was moving with policies that a lot of people support and and was trying to okay. on some level 
bring about a stability in okay. this country all right, hang on. Just, with respect all right. to a lot of institutions which right. we haven't had for a long time. All right, time. Judith, take, take a pause. I want to let Bruno respond to the same question, Bruno, uh, which, which is basically uh, when you go to the Republican electorate in 2022, what message are you going to tell them? Other than Joe Biden is a bad guy, and they may already have bought that. I mean, they're looking for leadership that's going to go to Washington. Are these people that are going to go to Washington, are they going to be pro-Trump Republicans who speak and talk like Donald Trump with the same policies as Donald Trump? Or are they going to be a little a little more moderate, a little less uh, uh, well, here's, invective in their speech? Okay, so Donald Trump got 10 million more votes in uh, his re-election campaign than he did in his election campaign. So the idea Amazing. that the idea that Donald Trump has quote unquote destroyed the Republican Party, I, I think he might have embarrassed it a little bit in some cases, but certainly didn't destroy it. Uh, I think on the issues of immigration and China, um, more Americans probably agree with him than they do with uh, the Democrats, whether they're moderates or progressives. So it and and if you start looking at what's happening now with the with the unnecessary vaccine mandates and the promise for more bigger lockdowns, which are no longer necessary, and we all know that now, uh, and all this other stuff, what, what the Democratic Party is doing, and it, it is what's so funny is that the press hasn't, of course, the press is the is the is the is essentially the Democratic Party uh, byline, um, but the fact of the matter is that the the country is. Um, under, starting to understand that the Democrats are a party of very, very rich white progressives and very, very poor people who are their shock troops. And that when, when you start seeing numbers that I'm seeing in Texas and in numbers in, in, in the black community where Donald Trump actually picked up more votes among Hispanics and blacks in the, in the last election, uh, you could make a case that for all of his personality problems and all of his mistakes, Donald Trump is actually in the process of expanding the party. And that is not an endorsement. I, I don't want him to run in 2024. I, I'm, I'm worried that he actually will. But the fact is that the country is in a great deal of turmoil right now. And it, and I don't know who's going to win this. And I, and I think the stakes are very high. I, I think that you know, blank Joe Biden chance and USA chance are the worst possible thing that the Dem that the Republican Party should run on right now, and they should be looking to someone like Mitch uh, uh, Mitch Daniels of Indiana, or uh, or Dan maybe Dan Crenshaw, although he's only in in Congress right now. But uh, the the fact of the matter is that the, the Republican it Party it, it is a party that could expand and could expand quite effectively in the next uh, four uh, four to six years. Okay, we'll be back shortly. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. One in three adults has pre-diabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has pre-diabetes, with early diagnosis, pre-diabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. 
Wait, did they just say one in three adults has pre-diabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. 145 over 92. 180 over 111. 182 over 100. And I had a heart attack and a cardiac arrest. And then a stroke. Your blood pressure numbers could change your life. A lot of people don't understand, including myself, I didn't, now I do, uh, the impact of having a stroke. My memory is shot. When I woke up, I couldn't speak. Lowering your high blood pressure could save you from a heart attack or stroke. If you've stopped your treatment plan, restart it, or talk to your doctor about creating one that works better for you. Start taking the right steps at manageyourbp.org. It's a new life, but I'm going to make it better. I'm coming back. Ask your doctor. Check your blood pressure. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. Bruce Dumont back. We continue with our number two of Beyond the Beltway. 1-800-723-8289 is the phone number. Uh, Rush Darwish is here. He is our Democrat. He is a former Democratic congressional candidate. And he is uh, with the uh, Arab American Business Association. He's a Palestinian American, and uh, uh, he has been offering his thoughts this evening. Judith Sherwin also joins us this evening. She is a Republican, conservative Republican attorney uh, from Chicago and uh, uh, once a, uh, an anti-war liberal. And uh, libertarian, conservative Republican Bruno Berend joins me in studio. In case you just tuned in, we had sort of a rock'em sock'em hour number one where everybody was uh, talking at the same time. So we're going to try to be a little more uh, uh, demonstrative in uh, in calling on the people who uh, will be then responding so uh, it can be more of an entertaining as well as an enlightening program for those watching and listening around the country. Uh, in this segment of the program, um, we're going to have an opportunity to maybe go in-depth uh, about the issue uh, of what transpired in America at the Capitol on January 6th. Uh, there are many people listening to the program have their own clear view as to what happened on January 6th. There's a lot of people in this country, maybe even a larger number, who have a real clear vision of what they saw on January 6th. There's a congressional investigation that's going on, led by the Democrats, that's trying to uh, pin the specifics down. Uh, and it has pitted uh, many people against each other. And uh, this has gone on in the same uh, political uh, atmosphere as those who questioned the results of last year's presidential election. Uh, there's about three or four states uh, that went uh, for Joe Biden that normally might have gone for Donald Trump. And because of the changes in those states, we now have a President Biden and not uh, that Donald Trump is now a former president of the United States. And so we have that ongoing battle debate 
we have discussed it to some extent on this program. We're probably going to spend a little more time on it in the next hour. Bruno, I want to, and by the way, I want to say to my Republican and Democratic guests, uh, please wait for me to introduce you and, and let you upper, give you an opportunity to offer your questions and comments uh, regarding, regarding what uh, Bruno has to say. But uh, I want to begin, Bruno, with you uh, and, and just ask you, uh, from, from what you saw with your own eyes on television on January 6th, to where you are today sitting across from me. How has your opinion of what you saw changed, if at all? Uh, my, first of all, uh, my first opinion right out of the box was these people were stupid for, I mean, if you want to protest, go ahead and protest. But, uh, you know, it's like, how did they get into the Capitol? Why were they in the Capitol? And, you know, I, why, why, how did they even succeed in getting into the Capitol? But the, they shouldn't have been there. And they were uh, quite addled in, in thinking that they could uh, do anything. Um, the next thing I thought over as as time went on, and, and first of all, it, 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 you know, I've seen the Democrats wave their uh, bloody shirt of insurrection and, mm-hmm. and trying to turn the entire January 6th clown show into a uh, rice tog fire that, uh, that would there, thereby delegitimatize anybody who had an opinion uh, that was right of center. And they've been playing that card ever since. And now we're seeing information and like this this new kind of thing they tried to do at a capital at the Capitol and and trying to get a bunch of FBI agents in there. And I'm thinking more and more of this was a, a that the the people who were there doing this stuff they were they were unwitting dupes of a an organiz, you know of of the law enforcement community that was saying well this is we we can use this as an event. Uh, to discredit conservatives and Donald Trump. And they succeeded in that, quite frankly, because of the way the people acted. So an intelligence operation. Seems like it to me. Okay. Judith Sherwin, you're the card-carrying Republican tonight. I want to ask you the same question. What do you remember watching on January 6th, and how has your opinion of that incident changed since then? Well, I remember watching it on television and thinking these people are completely nuts. And and I would really like to know, as Bruno just said, how did they even get into the Capitol? Um, it, it's really remarkable to me that they, you had these people milling around. And and uh, I, I just thought, you know, these people are crazy. Um, and again, if they want to protest, we've had protests at the Capitol you know, from time as long as we've had a capital, we've never had people actually inside the capital doing a protest. But one of the things that I thought about at the time, and and uh, to, was kind of vivid to me. I don't know if you remember when Brett Kavanaugh's hearings were going on. You had people banging on the doors of the Supreme Court. We have gone over the edge in this country in ways that are just remarkable to me. And, and I think the January 6th riot, which is what it was, um, was, was just another step in this whole situation. Was it an insurrection? No, it's not an insurrection. People don't make an insurrection with bear spray. They make insurrections with guns. And the only guns that were used that day were used by a Capitol Police officer to kill a woman who was trying to, who broke a window. So I, I looked at this and I said to myself, this country 
is out of control. Okay. And I don't know, it's the same thing that I was saying before. I don't know how we step back from this precipice. Okay. But this was just an right, example Judith, of that. Thank you very much. Rush, I want to go to you. Same question to you. What did you see with your eyes on January 6th? How did you interpret it then? And how do you interpret it now? Any changes at all? No change at all. This is what you call domestic terrorism. Uh, these are people who are not clowns. They're not uh, people who are just, you know, upset. They attacked our capital. Um, they were using weapons. They damaged parts of the capital. They went into the chambers. They stole documents, highly classified documents. This is domestic terrorism at its finest. And it was led by, and even though I was told 20 minutes ago, Rush, don't talk about Donald Trump, but that's all we've talked about since then. It was led by Donald Trump and putting out a false narrative, which is exactly what it is. And just recently, by the way, Rudy Giuliani admitted in a testimony that he got his information from Facebook about the, the voter, you know, voting being a fraud, so on and so forth. So, yes, people were going by this false narrative that their country's being taken over and that the, the voting was a fraud and they came and they attacked our capital. I'm going to say this right here. It's easy to call these people insane, loonies, know they're terrorists. And I notice this all the time. When it's black and brown that do anything close to something like this, we call them terrorists, we call them violent animals, we call them every bad name in the book. But yet I notice when it's the Caucasians that end up being the leaders of this type of attack, there are always people who are just a little bit loony or clowny. Always words okay. that we don't like to use, follow which up, are terrorists, and they're the ones that up, are taking over this country. And Donald Trump will most likely come back in four years up and leave you. these guys. Pretty scary. Follow up to you after, and then we're going to hear from uh, we're going to hear from Bruno. But you know what? The music is a playing. It means we're about to go to a break. And once again, I am not going to tell you the question. I'm going to let you think about it for three minutes. And then you'll hear the question, and we'll have your answer, and we'll continue our discussion. 1-800-723-8029 to everyone. Has your opinion changed? Back shortly. It's a bully, but we aren't afraid of a fight. It's elusive, but our focus never fades. It's deadly, but we were born to defeat cancer. You may not have heard of us, but our work has helped millions impacted by cancer. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. We are leaders in advancing breakthroughs in immunotherapy, genomics, and personalized medicine. This research saves lives. After 65 years of fighting blood cancers, we've arrived at a game-changing belief. The cures for cancer are in our blood. The drugs and treatments we've developed for blood cancers have helped people affected by many different types of cancers. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Beating cancer is in our blood. Learn more at LLS.org. This is the story of a very special woman. In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician or an entrepreneur. Her knowledge was limitless and still is. She could also make monsters disappear, especially those that lurked in the shadows under the bed. Once, this woman put back together a teenage girl's broken heart 
which had been shattered in a thousand pieces just by giving her a bear hug. She masqueraded as a regular person at work, but as a superhero at home. Everyone knows her as Gabriella. I still call her mom. Your hero needs you now, and AARP is here to help. Find the care guides you need to help, complete with tips and resources, at aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. One in three adults has prediabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has prediabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Bruce Dumont back. We continue with Rush Darwish. He is a Democrat. Rush, uh, before the break, uh, you were basically saying that your opinion of what happened on January 6th has not changed at all between then and now. Um, and you acknowledged, you know, what you've called, they're, they're not crazies, they're, they were domestic terrorists that were there, uh, even though they've not been all charged with that. But my question to you is, do you completely dismiss the concept that Bruno introduced in the first segment tonight, that some of those people might have been government agencies, agent provocateurs, to create a narrative that destroyed the credibility to many people of conservative Republicans or tried to change and turn conservative Republicans uh, against uh, their party and their president? I don't believe that. I mean, I understand it's a theory. Uh, yeah, what I believe in, and I don't know if this is a compliment to Donald Trump, but the reality is this. He has unearthed a base that was very silent, um, but he has brought them out, and they are tough, and they are aggressive, and they want to see change, and they like Donald Trump's ideology. And uh, I'm going to say it. They're not nice people, and they also can be dangerous. And we got to see them in action January 6th. So is those it? people are there, and, uh, and they're hardcore. And that's why we cannot deny the fact that Donald Trump still has the support of the Republican Party, but he also has the support of this crowd of people that uh, could make him the next president again in, in under three years. Is that what the founding fathers wanted? Didn't, didn't they want an aggressive uh, population, an aware population that got involved in, in campaigns? Uh, would they be turning over in their grave, or would they be applauding what happened on January oh. 6th? What I what I see in Georgia and many other uh, states, we see people lining up to vote. 
and that's what makes me a proud American. Uh, there's a difference between voting and having your voice heard and having policy that you believe in versus people who do have policy and if they don't get their way, uh, I'd rather have progressives not get their way and yell and scream and, and kind of be a jerk versus being violent. And I think what we saw January 6th is what happens when you don't get your way. You saw violence. You Bruno, saw domestic terrorism. Bruno Behrendt, go uh, ahead. Bruno first and then Judy. Go ahead, Bruno. I, I just, you know, it, yeah. this is all a, a nice conversation. And, and clearly, if, if we're going to be nice to each other, we can kind of concede a point here and there. But... Uh, the the idea that there was over a billion dollars in insurance uh, claims for uh, a, a, an entire summer of riots, uh, and then if if, if you're going to call January sixth an insurrection, then what was weeks of uh, whole city blocks of Seattle being ta- uh, overrun by armed thugs, where the, the 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 mayors and the police chiefs of these cities uh, d- didn't lift a finger while places like Seattle and Portland uh, descended into chaos. And then we have also, with all of the uh, prosecutors across the country uh, deciding that uh, they didn't want to prosecute crime anymore, we've, we've now just seen the biggest uptick in, in murders uh, going on. We've had, uh, we've had you know, uh, clearly there's abuses on the police side, but then also clearly you're seeing people that are actually targeting for police for being police. So let, let, how about this? How about we step yeah. back and, inst- and, 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 and then instead of just sitting there and blaming each other or saying, you know, my side good, your side bad, uh, and all that stuff. Uh, a, a lot of the there's there's some dangerous elements on the far right. And no one would want to uh, dispute that. But there's some dangerous elements on the far left, and and we're seeing them in action right now. And and I will just make this one request to any Democrat, any liberal, any progressive listening right now. Um, if you want me to start taking you guys seriously, I'm more than happy to have any policy debate on any policy any time. But until I see the left. Uh, again, stand up with a full-throated support of free speech instead of supports of censorship and instead of support of blocking entire people. There have been people who have been giving, uh, they've been giving testimony to Congress and you're seeing big tech and and uh, and, and media pull those, uh, those interviews down of, of testimony. Well, let's talk about free speech and let's talk about uh, that stuff again. And, uh, you know, this stuff goes on on all sides. Judith Sherwin, go to you. No, I, I want to, you know, I agree with you. I'm on gonna, that. I'm gonna, okay, violence then. is violence on I'm, both sides of the I'm aisle. Go Absolutely. To, go to Judith. Go ahead, Judith. Thank you. Um, you know, domestic terrorism is not something that is done um, in the way that the January 6th riot was carried out. It was clearly a riot. It was not done by domestic terrorists. All right. And I'm not saying that there weren't people in that crowd who who were bad people. There weren't people in that crowd who behaved as agent provocateurs. I don't know if they were for the government or they were just for some crazy group. All right. And the fa- and trying to to turn this into a racial um, card business, which you just did. You know, when when we look at white people having a riot, we call them nuts when we look at black people call having arrived we call them something else that's not true we had an entire summer from from may through the election okay where cities were absolutely deluged with violence stores were ripped apart people were running in and out stealing things there were murders People were killed in the in the process of all of this. Judith, right? Judith, so a question. That Judith, a situation. Let me finish. 
please. No, I want to. I want to. Judith, I want. I want. You can. You can finish. But I want to ask a follow-up, and then you can. You can. You can finish. But my question is: describing okay. what was happening in Portland and Seattle and other cities, including Chicago, where, where there was significant, uh, you know, billion dollars worth of, of damage done to Michigan Avenue. My question right. to you is: Do you believe there could have been agent provocateurs involved in that activity? And that when we look at what happens, what, what Antifa does, Absolutely. that Antifa could be just as easily infiltrated by provocateurs as well as the Proud Boys. You agree with that? Absolutely. Okay. I mean, I absolutely I agree with that. We have some elements in this country that want to destroy it. There is no question in my mind. I don't know which side of the political spectrum they are on either quite frankly, but I am looking at a country that has lost its middle. We have always been strongest when we had uh, a center, you know, a little left of center, a little right of center, and we could always talk to each other. There are people who make a living pushing us apart, pushing these extremes out there and, and turning every conversation into a racial accusation into a class accusation and to every other kind of 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 divisive miserable con concept so that none of us are able to talk to each other when someone testifies as bruno just said in front of the congress who is a a, a medical person and they have an opinion different from dr fauci's it is not up to uh facebook or youtube to take their stuff down and the reason they do that is because of all these agent provocateurs who are creating chaos every time somebody says something that isn't part of of you know what 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 the corporate world our biggest problem these days quite frankly is not the government because our government is completely out of control and ineffective it doesn't do anything except mumble at each other. The okay. people who are running this country right now, and it's it's really not Nancy Pelosi, it's Target, it's United Airlines, it's all these other companies, it's Politico, it's, it's Facebook, it's Twitter. I didn't know like let's them. Let, let's, They're let's, just let's what let, I can read, what I can let, say, and what let, I can do. Let's let and Rush, that is a problem. Let's let Rush respond to that. Rush, well, go uh, ahead. Bruce, you asked the question, Regarding January 6th, and yes. I gave you my opinion. I know that since then it's evolved about the riots that happened during the civil unrest of George Floyd's murder. Absolutely, is there, we is can there have is, that discussion. Is there a similarity? No, I mean, should there be an investigation for those millions of Americans who feel that there might be a connection? Shouldn't there be an extensive uh, investigation into the causes and, and, and the perpetrators of those riots just as much as they're doing that to what happened on January 6th. Isn't that a fair I mean, way to look in your view? Absolutely. And and you're going to like this. Bring out the Christmas tree. Let's celebrate. Because I think now we are having that common ground. That you cross the okay. line when you are, you can protest, you can vote, you could voice your concerns. But the minute you get violent, violent, you cross the line. And any elected official, I hope they learn. I want everyone to know we started this early in the show. I mentioned I helped form the Community Retail Association. That's why we started it. A lot of stores 
last right. May were getting burned down, burned to the ground. Yes. So we needed to get that representation. We needed to have one voice to protect ourselves. And we had to let everyone know that you are crossing the line the moment you get violent. You are no longer a Republican. You are no longer a, a Democrat. You are a criminal the minute you make damage to somebody's business, let alone the state capitol. Bruno, that sounds like we have some agreement. Yeah, on that. well, and I'm and I'm happy that there is some, and and uh, yeah. it, it's it's very good. And I'll just let me just. I, I hope you have us all recorded, Bruce. This we is do. history in the making. Everything is recorded. In this and, and let me just add. Let me just <laughs> add to that that, um, you know, I think our problems are much bigger than Joe Biden and Donald Trump at this point, and uh, and I think. I, 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 I don't think people understand how serious it is. And I think there's a lot of conservatives who think, oh, well, everything will go back if we just pick up 60 seats in the House and win the Senate back. It's like, no, and oh, everything yeah. will get better if Donald Trump takes the presidency again in 2024. And I'm like, no, no, we're in we are in serious trouble. And the reason we're in serious trouble is because we have we have entered an age of narrative instead of an age of veracity and truth and figuring out the answer. Right. Well, on that note, we do have to pause. Which is why we can't put it on the progressives, on the progressives. We are going to music. We are going to a break. When we come back, we'll hear from our guests. And also, we'll start taking phone calls. 1-800-723-8289. One forty-five over ninety-two. One eighty over one eleven. One hundred and eighty-two over a hundred, and I had a heart attack and a cardiac arrest, and then a stroke. Your blood pressure numbers could change your life. A lot of people don't understand, including myself. I didn't. Now I do. Uh, the impact of having a stroke. My memory is shot. When I woke up, I couldn't speak. Lowering your high blood pressure could save you from a heart attack or stroke. If you've stopped your treatment plan, restart it, or talk to your doctor about creating one that works better for you. Start taking the right steps at manageyourbp.org. It's a new life, but I'm going to make it better. I'm coming back. Ask your doctor. Check your blood pressure. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. It's a bully, but we aren't afraid of a fight. It's elusive, but our focus never fades. It's deadly, but we were born to defeat cancer. You may not have heard of us, but our work has helped millions impacted by cancer. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. We are leaders in advancing breakthroughs in immunotherapy, genomics, and personalized medicine. This research saves lives. After 65 years of fighting blood cancers, we've arrived at a game-changing belief. The cures for cancer are in our blood. The drugs and treatments we've developed for blood cancers have helped people affected by many different types of cancers. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Beating cancer is in our blood. Learn more at LLS.org. This is the story of a very special woman. In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician or an entrepreneur. Her knowledge was limitless and still is. 
she could also make monsters disappear, especially those that lurked in the shadows under the bed. Once, this woman put back together a teenage girl's broken heart, which had been shattered in a thousand pieces, just by giving her a bear hug. She masqueraded as a regular person at work, but as a superhero at home. Everyone knows her as Gabriella. I still call her mom. Your hero needs you now, and AARP is here to help. Find the care guides you need to help, complete with tips and resources, at aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Bruce Dumont back. We continue, and uh, we're going to go to the phone calls now. 1-800-723-8289. That's the phone number. If you want to join the discussion, feel free to do so. Let's go to Tom, who's listening to us in Youngstown, Ohio. Go ahead, Tom. You're on the air. Good evening, Bruce, and your guests. Another spirited program, Bruce, and informative. Um, the two comments and a question. The com- first comment is uh, in regards to uh, infiltration. I, I don't recall the guest, and I think the, it was a nationally syndicated uh talk show program mm-hmm. that runs weekdays that had a reporter on about the Michigan situation where they mm-hmm. there was a plot to kidnap the governor and storm the Michigan State House. And of the first 14 people that were charged in that situation, eight out of 14 people were uh, either government agents or government informants, including one of the leaders mm-hmm. of the situation. So, so I think that supports that argument. But the second comment is, Bruce, I think there's a guy by the name of John Sullivan who you said was uh, active in, in uh, the uh, as, as an activist in some of the protests in uh, the Chicago area. Is that correct? I don't recall mentioning that name, nor do I know who that person is. Okay, well, anyway, there was a guy by the name of John Sullivan who supposedly was there, uh, who was questioned, uh, who was an activist uh, from the Chicago area. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I don't think he was there that day to tour the Washington Monument and the Lincoln Memorial. Right. Uh, number three, and, and this is my question to you and your guest, of the people that, and I don't want the, just the people that have been charged, but the people that the FBI uh, in in terms of uh, Facebook and so forth, had narrowed down, and, and uh, news footage narrowed down, were involved. How many of those people were actually Trump voters? In other words, re- registered Republicans, as opposed to maybe just being there because it was going to be a grand old uh, rumble, or to uh, as, a, as a stimulator of, of uh you know, negative activity towards Trump. Has anybody, to your knowledge or your guest knowledge, has anybody looked into, you know, comparing names, addresses, and whether or not they were a registered Republican voter? Because I think that'd be very important. Uh, n- not, not that I am aware of, but that certainly has not been part of any uh, uh, public report that I have read. But again, these are, you know, the other thing is th- these. When you're trying to to uh, explain or certainly trying to prove a conspiracy, it is it is very very difficult. The other thing that I've never got a real clear answer on is with the crowd that was at the event on January sixth. 
how many of them were as Rush Darwish has recommended as he's used the term domestic terrorists uh, or insurrectionists, I guess would be another term to be used. And how many were were Joe and Mabel average you know Trump supporters? Who were there? I mean, what, what was the what was the largest? What was the population? What did the population mix look like? Because sometimes when you go to an event, the event can be taken over by people that uh, you don't want you don't want to be associated with, and and things can get away. And so, if there are agent provocateurs, or if there's you know tough guys that are just looking for a rumble whether they're looking for a rumble with somebody of a different race or different political decision. I mean, th- those things can happen at any political event. It, it, I and just, I don't know the answer to that question. But, well, it's all, but it's always the way the news media narrative uses it. They, they make it sound like, as Rush suggested, that these were all really hard-right Trump people but again, I mean, were, were there were, was there a thousand of them? Was there two hundred of them? And were were there eight thousand others? I don't know. Who who moved who moved the barricades? I mean, you got the Capitol Police. It's a three thousand some odd people. I don't right. know how many were there that day, but and and maybe there was some pushing on the barricades. But th- this is a this is a police organization that has one job, and that is yeah. to keep the Capitol safe. And, and one boss, and and they and right. and they didn't. Now that's not to say that that's not to say that it was, you know, all a, a dark scheme of one thing or another. But I will tell you from my experience when I was working downtown, this was years ago when there when the Occupy movement was out and about, and I was down on uh, um, Jackson and State where they were having a big Occupy rally, and uh, we came down from the office to take a look at that, and you could see the people in the you could tell the agents like the FBI agents or the government people in the crowd who were keeping a very close eye on things and you could tell the antifa type you know i don't know if they were exactly antifa but you could tell the provocateurs uh from the left anyway and maybe some of them were from the right and they just wanted bad things to happen but but the fact is that we've become as a nation so so easily manipulated both sides and we've just got to grow up and stop and we now have also i agree we we have a we have a we have a media that loves to fan uh, these stories. Do you agree with that, Rush? Right. Well, it's, it's everybody. Go ahead. Well, right now, let me Go let ahead, me just Rush. let me just say this. Respond. We have to look at what I would call basic evidence. Uh, we had the president and his cronies screaming voter fraud, voter fraud. Our country is under attack. Holding rallies, saying that yeah. our country is under attack. We were ripped off. We were duped. So yes. The people that attacked on January 6th were, in fact, Donald Trump supporters. Now, if people want to give the conspiracy theory that it was mixed in Antifa, government agents, so be it. But the people that attacked predominantly were Donald Trump supporters who were trying to put a stop to the vote. Remember? Yes. Vice President Pence was there uh, to cast the final vote to swear in or officially declare Joe Biden president. Mm-hmm. That was the whole theme of what they were trying to do was to stop it. So this right. idea that it's it's somebody else, no, it's very it's crystal Bruce, clear you know, who was who was doing the violence in that respect. Judith Bruce, I think you know we really we really need to stop this kind of stuff. This is this is crazy. What's crazy? Uh, I I mean I'm sure that what, what Rush is saying is absolutely crazy. The people who went there 
went there because they did believe that there was vote fraud. There were some very unusual, we'll put it that way, things that happened on the night and the morning of November 3rd. There were some very bizarre sorts of situations that nobody has ever really seen before. Like in an- what, Judith? I'm just curious. How about, how about in Georgia, pulling a bunch of suitcases out from under the table? How about counting ballots over and over again that seemed to be the same ballot? Just stop. There, okay. there was there's you you, what you saw let, had no you, effect on the result though the result you have no idea whether that is true or I not. do have an idea no you don't speak. no you don't because Judith, Donald Trump won we would not you know be able to discuss right now Judith you'd be happy Judith no, you, talking you, know about what, a suitcase. you know you know do that you, Donald Judith, Trump Judith, is urging the state second. of Texas Judith, where he won Judith, to do an audit Judith it is about election Judith, integrity not Judith, about who Judith Fade Judith down. Judith, here's my question to you. Hopefully you get this message because you're faded down at the moment. What evidence do you have and why do you believe that these suitcases under the table in Georgia were nefarious in any way? It, it's, been, it's been part of the, the story for a long time. What is the evidence that you have that that's a true story and there's skullduggery there? What's your answer, Judith? Yeah. What's my answer? Okay, so I don't have, first of all, they had affidavits from people who saw things. They never got them into the courts. They had all kinds of things on video. I mean, have you ever seen people in a county room at the election tell everybody to leave and then pull out ballots from under the table? Bruce, you grew up in Chicago. So did I. I saw things on a national level on the night of November 3rd. I have never seen in a presidential election. And and you don't mention the the Russian hacking in 2016. There was no Russian hacking. Exactly. There you go. And the theory does not fit your case as a Republican. All of a sudden, yes, now that's insane. See what I mean, Judith? See how crazy that is? It's you just said, how you. insane is that Russian hacking? You have what you're telling hacking. us is insane. You mean the hacking no. that Hillary told you happened? Or you mean the hacking that this moron from Perkins Coey said was happening? Please, Judith, you, you stop living in your ways. narrative. Narrative, by the way, is a progressive ways. Narrative is a progressive word. And if you want to, if you want to blame somebody for this, blame yourself because you buy into all this nonsense. All right. There were unusual things that happened. I'm looking at the results, the votes. You're questioning our democracy. I'm not questioning your democracy. Yes, you are. You're saying that you saw some briefcases. You saw some under-the-table voting, counting. I mean, no, you're questioning our process. And all we're saying is to everyone, bring the evidence. And, Judith, with respect, you're an attorney. Bring the evidence. Rudy Giuliani, bring the evidence. There's nothing. He brought the evidence it was discounted his it, the all that election stuff all those election cases that happened after the election everybody said well it's too late all the stuff that came stop all of the stuff that Judith, came I, before, respectfully why why say that to me because you're about to interrupt and i would like to finish you know what about the pillow guy tell me about the pillow guy you like him no i don't like him here's <laughs> the deal you know what Joe Biden is the president of the United States. If the election was stolen from Donald Trump, it doesn't matter because it ain't going back. All right. What is going to happen, what I certainly hope is going to happen, is that the House and the Senate is going to go over because Joe Biden 
has been a catastrophe as a president of the United States. I don't even know who the president of the United States is, and I have no idea what's going to happen in 2024. However, this election, whether it was stolen or not, almost doesn't matter. But nothing like this can ever happen again. I'm not questioning democracy. Okay. What I am the questioning fact- is the process and what was going on on the night of the election. The fact that here's a here's a political fact. Here's a political fact. The the fact is that at this moment, over 20 million people believe that the election was rigged or stolen from Donald Trump. Now, he may be fanning that flame. He is fanning that flame. But you know what? It's a flame that's burning in this country. Deal with it. It's a fact. Right. Yeah. Jill, why didn't you tell the class what you did this weekend? Well, my dad and I went in search of some magical minnows and found a zillion of them in the stream from our lookout rock. Then my sister and I escaped from an evil slug king and went back to my super twig fort for safety. Then we told stories till it got dark and the Big Dipper led us all the way home. Where were you, Jill? We went to the forest. It's not that far away. Ask your parents to take you and your friends to the forest this week. It's closer than you think. Check out discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Song again. Here's that song again. For the hundredth time today, here's that song again. It's gonna be stuck in your head all day. Here's that song again. It will make you cray cray. You love your kids enough to watch that TV show a bajillion times. Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat for their age and size. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, We'll probably stay together. Probably? (laughs) It's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, You should wait 30 minutes. Mm, Okay, tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. 145 over 92. 180 over 111. 182 over 100. And I had a heart attack and a cardiac arrest. And then a stroke. Your blood pressure numbers could change your life. A lot of people don't understand, including myself, I didn't, now I do, uh, the impact of having a stroke. My memory is shot. When I woke up, I couldn't speak. Lowering your high blood pressure could save you from a heart attack or stroke. If you've stopped your treatment plan, restart it, or talk to your doctor about creating one that works better for you. Start taking the right steps at manageyourbp.org. It's a new life, but I'm going to make it better. I'm coming back. Ask your doctor. Check your blood pressure. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. 
Frankie Rodriguez, our engineer and board operator, he has just reported that the uh, the ongoing uh, verbal dynamics between Judith and uh, Rush are going on, even when the radio show is uh, gone to uh, local commercials. They're uh, they're really burning up the internet. So you may you guys may be viral. We may go viral tonight with you guys. Um, <laughs> My question, <laughs> Judith. Judith question, is my friend for life. She knows that. We're crew now. Here's right. a question, Rush. A question Absolutely. to you. We're going to have because, a drink after the show. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, we, I'm a Muslim American, so I'll have to have like tea or coke, Judith. We, by the way, we we That's we've had good. this, and we haven't even talked about the Israeli uh, <coughs> Middle East at all between the uh, Jew and 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 our Palestinian this evening. So we'll do, we'll do a whole show on that some night when I'm not here. Let's do, let's do that another <laughs> night. Yeah, let's. Okay. On the, next, uh, on the next edition of Beyond yeah, the Beltway. On the, on yes. Maybe the last edition of Beyond the Beltway. Russia, my question to you is, there's a battle There's a battle going on, obviously, between the hearts and minds of progressives and uh, moderates, at least as they have been described in the Democratic Party. Uh, that's where we began our discussion. And uh, everyone has been talking about the impact of that, not only on what happens. I mean, Joe Biden said yesterday it could take six weeks, it could take six months, but he's going to get it figured out. So again, he's put a long he's put a long leash on on the congressional leadership to get it together. But uh, and it's it's gonna it's going to brew until uh, we get to 2022. But uh, how soon after that? Do you believe there will be a movement within the party to challenge Joe Biden for his reelection in 2024? Rush? So are we talking about, just to be clear, we're talking about a Democrat yes. challenging Joe Biden for his presidency? Yes, yeah, over the future uh, of the party. The way I see it, so as long as he is healthy and he wants to run, I do not see anybody wanting to challenge him. I don't believe at this point, I've always had some flubs. I was on your show uh, two, three weeks ago regarding mm -hmm. Afghanistan and how mm -hmm. we withdrew, withdrew the troops mm -hmm. and how that was a flub. Uh, obviously, COVID-19 has not gone the way it was supposed to go, but some of it's beyond his control because nobody knew about this Delta variant and didn't expect some people just say no to the vaccine. But I don't see anybody challenging him. Just like as much as I thought Donald Trump was off his rocker, nobody challenged him either, unless... Polling will play a big role in the next year or so. If the if the polling and his ratings are really, really low, then somebody would be crazy enough to challenge him. Okay. Well, one thing that's going to come out of the 2022 congressionals is every reporter and every journalist and every researcher is going to be investigating that proctoscopically because they're going to want to know if if a Republican won a primary, was that person pro-Trump or anti-Trump? I mean, this is going to be a very well-analyzed election result in 2022. My question to you, Judith, um, do you would you rather have Trumpism or Trump as the future of your party? If you could only have one, who do you want? Do you want the man or do you want his well, I, issues? Know I certainly want the ideas, okay? And the ideas come from the man, all right? Mm -hmm. So I don't know if he's going to I mean, nobody knows, really. You know, he teases all the time about whether he's going to run or not. I don't know if, if I were Donald Trump, I wouldn't want to run again. Uh, I'd be much happier, you know, being the kingmaker. I don't know that, that that's what his decision is going to be. Um, 
I don't know that there is, is um, I like the ideas. I think the ideas are very important. Um, there are some people in the Republican Party who I think would play very well on the national level. Uh, Ron DeSantis, obviously, I think is the most prominent. Mm -hmm. And I mean, the media thinks he is too, because they don't miss an hour without coming up with some sort of way to bash him. Right. I don't know who else there is really um, in the Republican Party. And he said he's pretty much made it clear that he's not running if if Trump is running. Uh, some people like Nobody Nikki is, Haley. No. I don't think she's going to do it. She and she's certainly thing. not a Trump, a Trumpian no. idea person at all, as far as I can tell. Bruno Barron, what, what's so, your, I want to get Bruno's assessment before we go up the air. Bruno? Uh, if, Trump win, if Trump runs, he's going to win the nomination, and it's 50-50 yeah. whether he could be reelected or elected again. Uh, or not, and and a lot of that depends on whether or not uh, I I don't I don't see Joe Biden doing anything but getting worse and worse and worse by the moment. It, it's it's very clear that I mean, independent of what you would say about Ronald Reagan or or you know people who were less informed than somebody else but had a good crew around them or advisors, this is clearly an administration that is not being run by by the man in the front of it and everybody in the country knows that jo joe biden isn't running anything so whoever's running things for him they're not doing that well and <clears throat> maybe they'll get better maybe they won't but that's that's clearly the direction things are heading right now and quite frankly if if i'm looking at this thing i would love to see trump not run i would love to see desantis or somebody like him jump in and uh, I would uh, caution all of my I'm so sick and tired of the far right blathering on about rhinos. And I'm so sick and tired of the rhinos acting as if the base of their own party is uh, is uh, mentally deficient when, in fact, they uh, they're just seeing things right. differently. And I think our you know, to the extent that I'm a Republican and a conservative, um, I just tell everybody out there, they got to stop being idiots and fighting and they got to start uh, working together because the, the progressive left is on the is on the aggressive march right now and they are taking over the country really quick i think it's, it's simple it's simple politics for joe biden uh when he's on year three how does the economy look and in this case how does covid 19 look in about two years from now if the economy is strong if covid 19 is gone or at least it's it's under control uh joe biden is going to win no doubt but I will say this, there is no one, there is no one better to run for the Republicans, whether it burns me to say it, guys, Donald Trump is the man to run right now. He's by far the most popular. He's by far raised the most money. Right. He's not just a kingmaker. He is the face of the Republican Party, like him or not. He is the guy to run and has the best And as thousands and popular. thousands of people from Central America keep rushing our border, at Texas and Arizona and California, those votes go up every single time you see those pictures on television. Our thanks this evening to Rush Darwish. He has been the Democrat. Judith Sherwin's been the Republican. Bruno Barron has been our in-studio libertarian. Our thanks to Frankie Rodriguez for producing this program. I'm Bruce Dumont. Good night from Chicago. It's a bully, but we aren't afraid of a fight. It's elusive. But our focus never fades. It's deadly, but we were born to defeat cancer. You may not have heard of us, but our work has helped millions impacted by cancer. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. 
We are leaders in advancing breakthroughs in immunotherapy, genomics, and personalized medicine. This research saves lives. After 65 years of fighting blood cancers, we've arrived at a game-changing belief. The cures for cancer are in our blood. The drugs and treatments we've developed for blood cancers have helped people affected by many different types of cancers. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Beating cancer is in our blood. Learn more at LLS.org. This is the story of a very special woman. In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician or an entrepreneur. Her knowledge was limitless and still is. She could also make monsters disappear, especially those that lurked in the shadows under the bed. Once, this woman put back together a teenage girl's broken heart, which had been shattered in a thousand pieces just by giving her a bear hug. She masqueraded as a regular person at work, but as a superhero at home. Everyone knows her as Gabriella. I still call her mom. Your hero needs you now, and AARP is here to help. Find the care guides you need to help, complete with tips and resources, at aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably? <laughs> it's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council.